Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Sage Burnin, taking weeks off, Chamberlain. How's it going, Matt? Doing splendid, Ryan. How about you? I'm less okay. <laughs> I'm not good. I didn't have a, a football team in the playoffs this weekend, so I had nothing to root for or be disappointed by. Well, football always brings me disappointment, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not like I'm not surprised. Like I was preparing myself for this for a while, uh, and now it's just come to fruition that Aaron Rodgers is going to lead the Green Bay Packers and. Like, all is lost. We need to pump the brakes on that. <laughs> the dude has, like, three years left on his contract, and people are already saying, like, he's going to leave. This isn't the NBA, people. I don't know. Deshaun Watson's like, I just watched Houston right across the the, the road go get shipped to New York. So Deshaun Watson might be doing it. So if Deshaun can do it, it's open season, Ryan. Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson. Who says no? Well, <laughs> Green, Green Bay is very white, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, then, moving, moving back to basketball. <laughs> Good transition. Uh, this, is a, this is a basketball podcast, if you haven't caught yeah. that by now. Uh, sometimes we talk about our occasional football sadness, which is a lot on this podcast. Uh, except for Matt, for the most of the last two decades, has been a Patriots fan and has just enjoyed life. Life's been great. Yeah, for me, it's been great. This year, it's like, fine. Yeah, welcome back to Earth without <laughs> the greatest quarterback to ever play. Uh, anyways, uh, if you haven't followed us already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can search for uh, Couch GM Podcast, and you'll find us there. Matt, two episodes away from episode 100. Yeah, I know. Maybe a oh, new rebranding. Oh, Big 100. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. You'll have to follow us on social media to find out. Uh, and if you haven't already, uh, give us a rating or review on a podcast platform of your choice. Matt, what people miss in episode 97? So obviously, we had to talk about the big James Harden trade. That, that had to be the main topic since it uh, drastically seemed to shape or reshape the, the Eastern Conference. Although the Cleveland Cavaliers had something to say about that this week, Ryan. Um, Colin Sexton burned $114 million <laughs> to the ground twice, and it was just incredible to watch. My MIP pick right there. It's looking right. really good. It's looking great. <laughs> um, we also talked about the, the COVID crisis in the league and how they've seemingly had to shut down every other game. And then we gave our league pass teams. Uh, Ryan had the Dallas Mavericks, who are currently sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. Went 2-2 two and two in this past week after a, a rocky start with the Bulls and Raptors. Games they should not have lost. Mm-mm. Redeemed um, themselves against Indiana and San Antonio to close out the week. And then I had the Chicago Bulls, the team Dallas played at the start of the week. Um, and they were 4-8 and eight at the time. Now they're sitting at 7-9, and nine, so if you're good at math. They went 3-1 and one this week. Uh Mavericks, Rockets, Hornets knocked them all off. Lost to the Lakers the other night. But uh, Laurie Markkinen looking like a dude there. And uh, someone Chicago should definitely embrace more. And that's all we got to say about the Bulls. I don't want to talk about them anymore. So, Ryan, (laughs) let's go to the news. Uh, Yeah, lots of things happening this week, Uh, Matt. uh, Steph Curry passed Reggie Miller on the all-time three points Three-pointers made. Oh, my God. I'm having a stroke <laughs> mid-podcast. Uh, Steph like now... every defender trying to guard Steph. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Steph is now number two on that list, which is exciting. She Coming got... for Ray Allen. Yeah, some Jesus Shuttlesworth. Which is crazy. Is like Steph's really just starting to come out of his prime and passing these guys at the end of their careers. Right. It just talk... it speaks to how great Steph is. Like, the stat is like based off of like how many threes he makes per game. He needs like another 115 games. Yeah. To, to pass Ray Allen. I was like, oh, cool. So, like, the rest of this season and, like, next season. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it, just insane. And, like, when Ray Allen hit the, like, topped off Reggie Miller, we thought that was, like, a like, thousand. Yeah. We thought that was just going to be forever, like, a type of thing. And then Steph Curry blows up the league and... His feels like it's going to be forever. Because you tack on this year, next year to pass Ray, and then, what, another four years after that? I mean, how long can Steph play? Because, like, shooting I, really... It, it depends on how long does Steph want to play. That's a good point. 
I mean, if he plays to like 36, 37, we're talking a lot of threes. Because yeah. then he transitions into a different type of role as right. like a spot up three point shooter. But still, like even if he you know wants to play to at least forty, yeah, he gets to be a bench shooter. Yeah, and like that's great too. It's just insane. It's like it feels you know we're watching like a modern day Stockton in a way because like that assist record is just so insane. Right. Like, is anybody ever going to catch that? It doesn't feel like it yet again. Who knows in a few years? But still. It's like with Steph, it's all. I feel like the the three pointers are just even harder. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone wants to put them up for sure, but not everyone's shooting it at like a forty four percent clip <laughs> to do it either. Like I I know like Kurt Goldsberry and others have like put out like the graphs and everything yeah. about it. It's like he's at like literally the top efficiency in three point shooting, and now just second all time in three pointers made. I wonder if Clay gets like number two eventually, Maybe. if he can catch up uh, because of these injuries. But, but it's like the only guy's close percentage wise is like Kyle Korver. But like he's not, at the end of his career, right? And they're he's not going to get like to the total. It's like to get both the efficiency and the total is just ridiculous because usually efficiency means like lowish volume yeah. and all you take is threes, right? And that's all. Yeah, that's your entire job. But for Steph, it's like obviously he does a thousand things more. Yeah, it's just incredible. Steph Curry's an incredible player. Quit hating on Steph. See a lot of Steph Curry hate. The fact that he makes Golden State semi relevant. Right the now. fact that uh, <laughs> Golden State's eight and eight should speak to how great. Like Andrew Wiggins, like Jimmy Butler couldn't get Andrew Wiggins to eight uh, five hundred season two True. years in a row. Anyways, uh, more games getting postponed for COVID. Uh, Gray's getting hit hard. Yeah, that's not really. I mean, there's a lot of postponements, so. Right. Just, uh. Hey, Washington hasn't lost a game in like two weeks, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I saw uh, one of their beat writers uh, tweet out that the Wizards are no longer just an assembly of random guys. They're actually a basketball team now, which is like, dang. That's a a thing you have to tweet out in 2021. Um, Kyrie rejoins the Nets this week. And. Harden makes his debut for the Nets and gets a triple-double. I've watched a couple of these games, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know what to think. I'm not I'm not sold the Nets are a contender. I think they may have taken a step backward. It's It's like they t- I don't know, to me it's like they took a step just into like a different lane, like a sidestep though. Yeah. It's not it wasn't a step forward. I don't know, this Kyrie like obviously put up like 34 a game since he's come back, which is, like, sounds great and ridiculous. Also, he's allowing, like, 40 points a game defensively, <laughs> so that's not good. I, I've seen, like, I mean, like, a lot of the Cavs highlights, of course, because they played him twice this week, but, like, Larry Nance just flying through the lane and grabbing rebounds because no one can really rebound nope. on this team. Nope. And James Harden's now taking, like, the back seat, and it's just, like, why did we go get him? Yeah. If he's, like, gonna get, like, 13 shots. Yeah. Right. Like, Kyrie wasn't playing, putting up triple doubles. Kyrie comes back. It's like, oh, yeah, we should probably pass him the ball every <laughs> couple minutes. And it's just, like, obviously Durant is being ridiculous. Yeah, obviously, like, an MVP conversation. But, like, I don't, and I don't mean to hate on Kyrie, because, like, in that Miami game the other day, um, he had, like, 10 points through the first three quarters and then went berserk in the fourth. Right, just like he's like, oh, Goran Dragic can't guard me, and just like bucket, bucket, bucket. But it was Durant that was keeping them in the game the whole time, not Kyrie. And Kyrie was just a little off. But then he figured it out there at the end, and maybe that's more the recipe to, for success. There is let's let Durant and Harden really just like go bonanza all game, and then if we need someone in the fourth, Kyrie, all right, go ISO. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where you can exploit, especially in the Eastern Conference, a lot of matchups is the point guard position, right? Because you're not, I mean... Again, someone's got to guard Kyrie. Right. So, like, if your top two defenders are taking Harden and Durant, you're getting Drogic or Hero or Robinson. Hero didn't play in that game, but that's for example. Instead of Jimmy Butler, who, again, didn't play in that game, but Andre Iguodala. Right. Like, you're not getting that guy anymore. Right. Yep. It's an interesting conundrum. And Brooklyn still. I don't. I, I feel for Steve Nash having to figure this out. This is going to take 30, 40 games. Yeah. Yeah. 
he, no, I, I mean, he does weird. have an experienced staff around him, so we'll see. Um, <clears throat> another a trade popped up this this week. A small trade, but a trade. Kevin Porter Jr. gets traded to Houston after just absolutely going ballistic in Cleveland. We haven't seen a player go ballistic in Cleveland since J.R. Smith <laughs> threw a bowl of soup at a coach. J.R. Smith didn't get traded, but... I, I am disappointed we don't know what he threw. Yeah. I, yeah. I have not seen that yet. I'm disappointed. But, yeah, it's like he was missing like this season so far due to like personal reasons right right and then like he comes in after the jared allen torian prince trade and sees like his locker got bumped down for torian prince and he's like now with like the dudes who don't play and he got mad i don't blame him for getting mad but like you can't throw food (laughs) (laughs) i just like i don't know like how you don't like I don't know, have a conversation, like a reasonable conversation about it. It's not like you were lighting the league on fire, bro. It's not like you're... like 10 a game as a rookie. Like, yeah. looked good yeah. like, for a rookie, for sure. But, like, and I like Kevin Porter Jr. a lot. I, there, I still am on the bandwagon that he shouldn't have gone 30th in his draft class. Like, yeah. the talent was too much. But, like, this is also the kind of stuff... That's, like, the reason why he dropped in the draft significantly. Mm-hmm. It was a great pick by Cleveland... I think this is a great pickup by Houston now, too, though. You're sending, like, a super protected second for this guy. Like, you're giving up basically nothing. Right. You're taking a flyer on a guy who has potentially, like, shown flashes, can kind of... He's an NBA scorer. Yeah, like that's score. That's not the issue with him. And, like, he's got good size. And so, for a team that's just like, we're just going to take flyers on everybody. Wall, Cousins, Oladipo, Christian Tate, Wood, and Wood. Really, yeah. Like, just do it again. Yeah, like, one of these guys has to stick, right? For sure. Like, you're just playing a numbers game at this point. Yeah. And, like, I was saying, all these guys they brought in definitely have NFL talent. It's just, like, putting it and making it mesh together on and off the court. Yeah. It's a big job for a uh, brand-new head coach. Brand-new GM, too. Yeah. There's a lot of brand-news in Houston, and uh, it's going to lead to a lot of brand-news for picking in the lottery. So, there's that. Um, Moving on. Injury time. You ready for these? Some sure. of these are sad. Some of them, yeah. These Killian, are just listing the big ones, really. Killian Hayes out at least eight weeks with a hip injury. Um, I think we may have known about some of the hip injury stuff, uh, but... Got a timetable now. Yeah, still got a timetable. Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. Out with uh, wrist surgery and wrist injury. Fractured his wrist. He'll be reevaluated in six weeks. So he's playing in eight weeks. Yeah. Probably. probably is. Six, yeah, another six to ten weeks. CJ McCollum, our boy, CJ. Was balling. Was balling. Out at least four weeks with a fractured foot. That means he's probably coming back in six to I ten. saw like he had a sprained foot, and he was going to be out, but they were doing more tests, and then it came out he had also had a fractured foot. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. That's painful. It's like a hairline fracture, too, so those are usually a little bit worse. Um, and then Devin Booker's out with, like, a hamstring injury. He's kind of like a day-to-day situation. I think the biggest biggest thing, the saddest thing for me, is seeing that uh, Nurkic and CJ are out. Both. Because, like, you think we kind of both had the um, Trailblazers making the playoffs and making a serious push to be a top-four seed. Yeah, the fact that Dame's still helping them stay relevant right now. It's yeah. like again bonkers. Yeah, and this team wasn't like lighting the world on fire to begin with. Like they were pretty good. They were having uh moments. Nurkic was sure. starting to get into shape. CJ was balling out. Dame um starting uh, you know, doing Dame things. And now it's they're out with two of their best players for almost two months, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're projecting. Month, month and a half. And who knows? I mean, that that's a, that's a lot to put on Dame. We saw this last year with Dame and a bunch of guys, and it really uh, didn't work out and didn't work out until the bubble when they made a push to make the playing game and made the playing game and beat Memphis. Right. Well, in Portland's last five games, like, he's having to do everything. He's playing, like, 39 minutes a game right now. Damian Lillard is putting up 31-7-5. and five. Mm. And that's mm. just to mm. go 3-2. and two. Yeah. <laughs> right with losses to san antonio and indiana yeah which are like legit losses sure but like that's the thing in the west is like 
you're playing a bunch of legit teams you play, all the time. Yeah, every every game, it's it's really good. It's really good teams, and there's not a break, unfortunately. No. Um, so that's that's wrapping up the news for this week. Um, hopefully, the Blazers can kind of find get a track get back on track. More mellow. Oh gosh, <laughs> I don't know. If that's something we should be saying in 2021, but here we are. Well, so let's uh, get into our big topic for the day: trade machine teams. Yeah. So I, the idea behind this is looking at the standings. I mean, we're a month in now. It's a month in. This isn't just like okay, this is like the first week. This is some strange stuff going on. We we don't have like Sacramento in the top three anymore. Sure. None of that shenanigans. Um, who stands out to you as needing to make a move slash moves? Could be good or bad needing to make a move yeah so yeah. um we've each got three teams here uh i've got two from the east one from the west you went the opposite two west one east yeah so uh i'll, I'll start us out uh mentioning a team that we already brought up slightly in the miami heat so right now miami's sitting at like what like six and nine at the time of this recording yep coming off a loss to Brooklyn, which honestly should have been a lot worse. It's like more just like we should applaud them for even getting back in the game. Yep. But at the same time, Miami feels like they lose way too many games right now that they really shouldn't lose for a team that's as good as they are. And I know Tyler Hero's battled some injuries. He's only played like 10 games. I know Jimmy's only played like six games right now. But I think there have been some things that really have been exposed about this team. Like even with Bam being as successful as he's been the guard play right now and just really it's just not up to par nor is their production out of the four man spot yeah so that's yeah. the like whether you're playing olenic with him with bam or myers leonard or iguodala it's it's very much lacking comparison in comparison to last year yep and part of me is like should Jay Crowder have made this much of a difference, for example? Right. No, right. but because of what he brought offensively as a three-point shooter and defensively as just, like, I can competently guard a wing, it, like, is very much mattering this year when I don't feel like it should matter this much. Because, like, they're having to... One, that like, this week, they uh, split with the Raptors, which Raptors are just all over the place. The Raptors are all over the place, but the Heat went from winning by nine to losing by twenty. <laughs> yeah, in a span of like two days. Right, and right before that, they had a two-game series with Detroit, got slapped by twenty, <laughs> won by six, and what was a pretty hard-fought game. Before that, two losses to to Philly. Which don't get me wrong, I get it. One of them was an overtime game, but it's like even some of the games where like they've played lesser opponents, like Washington. Mm barely winning those like right a shorthanded celtics team they lost the thunder like okay thank you for blowing them out right right, right. like that's what it felt like all year it's like shorthanded dallas lose that game it's like i just i need you to come away with some more of these that like at least split some of these yeah or for the teams that like you really should just double up on them like detroit like i need you to just double up on them because it can you only get so many of those games throughout the season right right in the east you get a few more than teams in the west get but still like their next three from the time of this recording are brooklyn denver clippers like that's a hard three games yeah it's like okay great after that yeah you get kings hornets wizards wizards knicks knicks but like okay so like if you lose three now and you got to go rip off six straight just to get you back to 500 it's like the knicks aren't gonna just give you two wins there no. right like it, you're probably you going win them one but, and one in that yeah. like little stint washington's gonna be rested by yeah. that time <laughs> we know that much <laughs> it's like and again teams like the hornets and kings they're probably already feeling the pressure a bit yeah of like oh crap we got to get some wins here these random ones here and there like we got to steal every now and again to stay afloat yeah so it's like all of a sudden now miami it's like ooh, the the people you're putting on the court aren't quite giving you the production you need outside of really bam and even bam at times doesn't really do what you need which is like to create offense and 
then the schedule is just brutal as well. So I'm saying let's go make a move. It yeah. doesn't have to be a, you know, a Jimmy Butler level move. It just has to be like let's, and maybe they, you know, they just can't right now because they don't have the contracts to do it. But it's like, can we get Kelly Olynyk out of here for? <laughs> and I don't mean to hate on Kelly Olynyk, right? But just a, it's like that Jay Crowder move they moved did last year, right? right? They went and got someone competent who could play in their starting lineup and defend and fit what they wanted to do. Um, and they had to give up. I mean, they gave up Justice Winslow, but like that's they were willing to sure. do that at that point. So maybe you go give up a protected first round pick this year. Yeah. For and, and Kelly Olynyk for like yeah for whatever is is out there and so like they're a team that I think they're still a playoff team in the East. It's just like are they closer to six to eight than they are to three to five? Right. That's, right. That's what it's looking like right now. Just not just the standings looking currently, but like just watching them play. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it definitely does seem like and feel like this team has taken a huge step back defensively they are 22nd in defensive rating right now um which they need to be something more like what like 8 to 13 yeah top 12 i I would say somewhere in there yeah yeah for sure and like offensively like i mean they don't have jimmy butler but they've obviously struggled um and they do need someone else they need another playmaker because goran is starting to get older he's played fine um but i mean outside you just can't run your offense for 32 minutes though right and then you're playing a lot of goron tyler hero duncan robbins duncan robinson minutes um which is a lot (laughs) like it's bad it's bad defensively and we've talked about like the uh kendrick nunn thing before of like yeah he can come in and get you some buckets but like defensively it's just a disaster at that point like he'll battle some but I mean, he can't stay with anyone, it ever seems like. 100%. And that, that that's a point, I think, to what you're saying. They need a four who can kind of make some plays. Yeah. There's a guy named Julius Randle who's doing that really well for the New York Knicks right now who would fit really well that's, with the Heat, wouldn't he? I mean, that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I mean, his deal is expiring, I think. Or maybe it's got one year on yeah, top of it. Yeah, I think it has like an option maybe. So, and who knows if he's going to pick that up or not. Right. But, I mean, if you're obviously out of the Giannis sweepstakes, maybe you just like, ah, screw it. Yeah, I, that's the concerning part is like, do they really think they're out of the Giannis sweepstakes? Because could, Giannis could say at any point, like, yeah, I want out of here and still right. ask for a trade. Um, I think there's still some trade trades they could make to keep them flexible. Whether they're willing to do that or not is going to be another thing. Like, I just feel like Jimmy Butler is getting a year older. You kind of, if you feel like you have a championship team, you have to go for it, right? Yeah. That's saying the, if he wanted, for example, in theory, to trade like a uh, Myers Leonard or Goran Dragic, like those guys aren't eligible to be traded for about another three, three and a half weeks. Yeah. But the trade deadline is like mid-March this year. So you have some more time than you normally would to make a move for example um with one of those guys if you needed since they were recently signed that's right. why you have to wait a bit longer the olenic one they could like go ahead and do whenever they wanted um but those other ones they have to wait a bit longer since you just signed him and you gotta wait three months to to trade after signing a guy like that so it's like okay if you're spolstra give it another month but like in a month from now if you're still in this pretty much same boat there, there probably needs to be a, a conversation with Pat Riley about like what to do about this team. Is yep. it are we just given this year? Let's just see where we land, see what happens, and call it good and moving to twenty twenty one twenty two, or is it like no, we need to push a bit harder this year? Maybe for a guy like Randall who could, you know, in theory, be back the following season. Also, I don't know. Yeah, it's all great questions. I think Miami has a lot of those to answer on the court and then off the court in this next year. Um. Moving on to my first pick, the Golden State Warriors. Oh boy, kind of frisky. It, it's kind of frisky, but they're sitting at eight and eight right now, tied with some teams at the in the in the uh, play-in hunt, and that feels very that eight and eight feels very inflated. Um, there have been some games where they look like a four and twelve team. We've got some like really good Steph games in there, which yeah. has been awesome to watch. But like, if Steph's not awesome. Like, you're not winning those games. Like, point no. blank. And, like, Kelly Oubre, we like. 
Andrew Wiggins were out on, and you just like it doesn't feel like you can play like playoff minutes with those guys. Um, so I'm I'm just really curious about this team and what it's like moving forward. The tricky part is it's like they're pretty cap heavy. Um, yes, right when they brought in uh, Ubre, really affected that. Yes, a hundred percent. Wiseman's good for them. Um, yeah, definitely still figuring some things out there. But right, like they need him. Yeah, he's like a legit piece. He's not. I think you keep him off the table until you know for sure in a couple years. Uh, but it seems like everything's trending in the right direction for him to be a really good piece for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start looking around this team, and it's like, man, Draymond feels ultra important to this team. But feels he, a bit too important. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Is like, do you just like go get someone for Draymond? Go get a couple different pieces. Like, I feel like there's a couple teams that could use a Draymond Green and convince themselves into a Draymond Green. Um, even though he's an ultra important piece to this Golden State roster and sure. Golden State team, um, and there's not a lot of depth here, <laughs> it gets really bad yeah. really fast. We talked about that going into the year. Yeah. It's like you're going to have to play Damian Lee a lot of minutes. Jordan Lee or jo- Jordan Poole, sorry, excuse right. me. Jordan Poole is like getting serious minutes, which he's fine. It's not like right. he's like a guy you want consistently out there. Um, like Brad Wanamaker is probably more like you only want like 10, maybe 15 yeah. minutes a game, right? Like, like they found some stuff with Ubre kind of playing him as like that's with the second unit, like start him, but then play more with the second unit. Stagger that. Right. Like that's been working well for them. But at the same time, it's like to maximize this team, it's got to be Steph, Wiggins, Ubre, right? Right. Green, Wiseman, all out there at the same time. Like that's got to be the team right. for them. Pascal's look good though. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a positive. positive. Is that you can definitely like say like there's some positive signs on this positive like things on this team. It's just like if you're wanting to make like a serious playoff run, I'm concerned that like that eight and eight, that five hundred, this five hundred start kind of bottoms out at some point where it's middle of fe- February, some guys get health and safety protocol and quarantine. And then all of a sudden you're four or five games below 500, and it's right. really hard to recover from there. Right, and that's the thing. Like, and this goes back to what we're saying in the West, it's just brutal. Right, like unless you just happen to get like the Kings or something or Pelicans right now, Pelicans, Minnesota struggling. Like, it's got to be timed out perfectly for that not to be a disaster for you. Going to what you were saying about Steph, like needing to be great for this team to to win. Listen to this. So in their what you said, they're eight and eight. Yeah. So in their wins, he's gone for thirty six, thirty one, the sixty two point game, thirty, uh, thirty eight. He had the one bad game where he went for eleven. And they still beat Toronto when Toronto was spiraling, and then twenty six, twenty six. That's what he's got to go for for them. To it's win. like thirty twenty five plus essentially, right. um, which is a lot for Steph Curry at the age he's at. Uh, I mean, he's 30, what, one now? 31, 30? Let me, let me see if I, I have this real quick. Um, um, he's 32, almost 33. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to ask of him, even though he's still really good and kind of coming out of his prime still. Um, it's just a lot to ask. And I don't, I don't know, like, Golden State, what their ultimate goal is this year. They're obviously not a championship contender without Clay. And I think that's the crappy piece here with Golden State is that they're one, that one big size Clay Thompson piece away sure. from being ultra competitive. Because then you start looking at teams above them, and they're um, could be in the conversation with Utah, like right, like the Denver Utah category of teams, Phoenix yep. types of teams, right? And like I totally get that. You wouldn't have had probably wouldn't have added Ubre, right? If Clay was still here, yeah. which like. Don't be wrong, Clay's obviously way better than Ubre, but the depth problem would still be an issue. Like developing James Wiseman, while like obviously he brings a lot of good, he also has plenty of rookie moments. Yeah. As well. Like those are all still very real. So like even if Clay is playing, what like I don't are they better than nine and seven? Probably not. Probably not. <clears throat> um, because of the depth issues like you're saying. So my trade package, trade idea would be you could probably trade that Minnesota pick right now. 
All right. And, that seems super valuable. And, like, get quite a bit back. You, of course, have to send out salary in that deal. Um, right. But you can make it work. Maybe you can get in a three-team deal and figure something out there. Obviously, you need wing depth. You need wings. Andrew Wiggins maybe shouldn't be starting at this point in his career. Like, let's say that out loud. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, I think there's some ideas there. Because you, you definitely need some wings outside of Oubre if you're getting rid of Wiggins. If there's not a lot there, and you need wings, but that's one of the hardest pieces to find in, it's almost in the like NBA right now. You would have to trade the Minnesota pick, their own pick, and <laughs> Wiggins to get back like probably like two or three like decent pieces, right? Filling in like what would be the equivalent of Wiggins's salary. Yeah, and like who's taking that deal? I, I mean maybe like you're gonna hate this. Would Oklahoma City take that deal? Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Sam Presti would say, "What that, you're offering me? Get, what picks get now?" That Minnesota pick, especially like you're you're almost trying to guarantee Cade Cunningham at that point. Yeah, like getting the Minnesota pick and their own pick, which is going <laughs> to bottom out here in the next month or two. Yeah. So like, and I, even if you don't get the number one, you could package oh, whatever yeah, those yeah. two are and yeah. probably move up to one or two, right? And get pretty much whoever you wanted. Um, yeah, it's just kind of this like weird. Weird spot to be in with Golden State. We talk about not being in the middle of the NBA. Like, you don't want to be in the middle, ever. And it feels like they're solidly there with not a lot lot of options to get out, unfortunately. Um, So, I don't know. I I feel like uh, the GM there just has to get really creative and find a way to get depth or figure out what they're doing this year. Are they just holding, like, in a holding pattern until Clay gets back, until they get healthy? That feels kind of like a wasted Steph year. Again, yeah, you're right. It feels like that. But again, like you're saying, Steph's 33 at that point. Draymond's yeah. in his 30s. Clay's in his 30s. Like, you only have so much time. If the window isn't already closed, you only have so much time left. Right. It anyway. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's more of a higher up question of, like, where are we? That no one wants to answer. Yeah, we just want to keep playing basketball games, yeah. right? We don't want to talk about the bigger picture there right. in Golden State. So, I'll throw out the... Their uh, one of their main uh, trade par- conversation partners <laughs> right now. I'll put it that way in Milwaukee, Woo! since that's the thing everyone wanted to happen with was the Giannis Steph yeah, pair up. Right. Um, not that this is the legit point of me bringing up Milwaukee, but um, is is it more instead of Giannis joining Golden State? Is it <gasps> Steph joining Milwaukee? <laughs> Is that more the play now? Do you um, trade the farm for Steph? The answer is yeah. Trade Drew and whatever. You trade whatever you have to get to trade Steph Curry that for Steph thing. Curry. That could be a thing. Um, well, that's probably unrealistic, though. Yeah. Probably. Right. Um, what I, I wanted to focus more on is, so I like the starters in Milwaukee. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm a, I'm a DiVincenzo fan. He's been um, good. Yeah. And so I liked him coming in. Um, into the draft i thought milwaukee was a great landing spot for him i i think his career arc has been fine so far like i think some people jumped off ship a bit too early because milwaukee needed probably better production from him so far but it was kind of unfair to put that on him um but like with drew him middleton Giannis lopez really like it the backups are the question here yeah dj augustine has um been less than great <laughs> to, to put it nicely I again the Pat Content thing was weird at the time. Yeah. In the offseason. Still weird now. Yeah. They like they're playing like the Nasus. Yeah. And I don't love that at all. It's I, I don't love their bench. It's similar to the Golden State conversation here. Yeah, it gets really weird really quick. When Bobby Portis is playing like serious men like Bobby Portis is a nice player, yeah, don't I get like me wrong. I like Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis is fine. But when he starts playing like serious minutes, like north of like fifteen to twenty minutes, it's like, oh god, yeah. what's happening here? I, and that you're right, the Nasus playing they when they blew out the Heat um, a couple weeks ago. I was watching that game and like he got serious playtime. I was like, what's happening here? Is is are they like resting people? Like do they realize they're just gonna blow the doors off the Heat and like they're just throwing Giannis's brother out here? Like what's going right. on? But, like, the fact that, again, I know it's not, like, a ton, but, like, he's averaging 10 minutes a game right now. And he should be, like, your third string forward. Like, he should be, like, your fifth 
forward on your roster. Right, right. Whether they're playing about the three or the four or whatever. Like, he should be, like, that level. So, like, the fact that he's played in 13 games already, playing 10 minutes a game, just feels like a bit much. Like, I mean, has he already played more minutes? He's played as many minutes this year as he did all of last year. Oh, God. He played 129 <laughs> minutes last year. He's already played 130 this year. Oh, my God. So, again, that tells you a little bit about where they're at. Right. Um, overall. And so that's why, like, with this team, it's like, I, in theory, I really liked them bringing in, like, Augustine um, in the offseason. Right. I, I liked the idea of retaining Connaughton. I thought they paid too much for him. Yeah. I, I liked bringing in Portis. He's been good for them, but he's probably been a bit too important for them, like you were saying. It's just like they need either – it feels like a legitimate bench creator, which is I think what they hoped Augustine would be and just hasn't been, or it's like you need some sort of wing specialist. I don't even care at this point if it's like shooting mm. or if it's defense. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, they're not playing Tory Craig. Right. And at – it felt like he could have been that like wing defensive specialist and like you live with the shooting because Lopez is kind of hitting and DiVincenzo, Middleton, Drew are playing well. But it's just like I you need one of two things, I think. And I would be cool with either one. If they could do at least one. And again, it doesn't have to be a major move. But if they could just get one more guy, I would feel really good about them moving into the playoffs. But the fact that they are who they are at this point still is like are they better than Philly? Are they better than Brooklyn? Are they in the same tier as them? Are they slightly above them? And then when you compare the West, are they better than the Clippers? Probably not right now. No. Are they better than Lakers? No, not right now. Yeah. So it's like, all of a sudden it's like, are you like pretty definitively the third or fourth team in the league? Yeah. And I'm not saying a, I don't even know who a Brad Wanamaker would make them instantly like the second best but just like a little bit more experience and like role filling they kind of need like that reggie jackson type right for what the clippers went out and got as like this bench playmaker a bit irrational at times yeah but it's like a nice infusion though to what you need their own jordan clarkson-esque right guy yeah um just not someone who makes as much as jordan clarkson so whoever that guy is please raise your hand and uh, i'm sure milwaukee would try and trade for you uh that's a great question because there's i mean they obviously need some guys like that um eric gordon's probably making too much for them to kind of go out and get someone like that um because then you're having to include other things which they don't have like picks again because they gave them all away yeah for drew holiday um which you can't really knock yeah, I mean, like, too much. It, when it comes playoff time, I would rather have Drew Holiday than Eric Bledsoe. When sure. it, actually, when it comes middle of February, I'd rather have Drew Holiday than Eric Bledsoe. So. This is this is a team that is begging to think about it more. Needs to go trade for, like, Derrick Rose. Ooh. Right, like, yeah. Detroit just tanking. They're like, just give us whatever. So, at this point, like, that feels like something. Maybe if you can't quite get that much, can you get, like, Ish Smith or someone like that like not that ishmith is like super helpful but just someone like that right derrick rose that's a great one derrick rose because you throw him in the playoffs it's like you're down six or whatever with a couple with like five minutes left and, like, and he could, could be an instant spark for right him. your team like we haven't scored in three minutes yeah. we just need a bucket he can go get you a bucket and like i feel like he's like been the good soldier in detroit yeah but it's detroit so it right. sucks yeah again you and i have talked about like that maybe the most incompetent franchise <laughs> truly but uh that could be a nice little pickup for them he'd be okay. nice for a lot of teams but yeah. them in particular that's a good point i like that i like that move a lot moving on to my second pick the toronto slash tampa bay raptors Yay. my my team i've just fallen in love with this team uh they just need something I, this, this team is oddly like a Chris Boucher like hot streak away from being like the Detroit Pistons this season. Yeah, they needed like OG and Anobi today to go for thirty, yeah. and also Sabonis go one for ten in the game <laughs> for them to barely beat Indiana. Right, and it's like, oh, this team might be closer to a lottery team than a playoff team. Yeah, and I think I kind of had them lower if I remember correctly in the standings. I could have been really high on them. But it feels like this team's trending more to like trading Kyle Lowry at the deadline than keeping yes. him. Um, 
and maybe that's the move. Maybe you just like wave the flag and say like we've had a nice couple runs the last couple years. It's time to start rebuilding this thing. Retooling maybe is a better way to sure. express that than rebuild. Um, and you trade Kyle Lowry and send him to somewhere where they can he can win maybe another title, even though he's one of the greatest Raptors, if not the greatest Raptor to play. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with Toronto. I'm not sure. I wouldn't say like specifically there's like a guy. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the guy they need to go get, or this is the type of player they need to go get. I feel like it's more of a selling situation in to- Toronto than anything yeah. else. Um, and they could sell some pieces there. I mean, OG's good. Like, you know your court piece, right? Fred Van Fleet, OG, Pascal. Pascal. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't turn around and by the end of the season, do you start having that conversation? Yeah. If you haven't already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there for Toronto. Obviously, they found their coach. They have their GM. We think... They need to sign him to an extension, um, and maybe that's just the thing, is that they're um, kind of in this nebulous spot with some of their front office, and they have their coach, and they don't know what else they have, so they're unwilling to make some serious moves. Um, but I think it's start, time for Toronto to start looking themselves in the mirror. Could you send him to some? I know they, they've already done a deal with this team, but he, he feels like a spur. Kyle Lowry, yeah. yeah. Send him back to Texas. Yeah, let's let's. Can you try and like probably like Derek White away for, for Derek Kyle White Lowry. and who was their pick this year? Um, um, Devin Vassell. Could you do that type of deal? I think you would have to send like a pick or something with Kyle Lowry. I would. You might be able to convince me into that. Kyle Lowry and I mean this pick though is probably something like number ten. Could you? lottery protect it and then do you probably like top eight protect it yeah and if and if you fall out of top eight then it's like fine right so i think something like that could be a real thing um or maybe i again just spitballing like if this minnesota thing continues to be a disaster (laughs) d'angelo russell (gasps) oh my gosh is that a thing we get anthony edwards like some leadership wouldn't that uh oh gosh wouldn't uh carl anthony towns just immediately ask out probably because he's been a big at the same D-Lo time though guy. it's like did you watch any of the games when you were out cat like yeah d'angelo is just he's fine yeah he's fine what if indiana were to go all in this year i mean brogdon lowry you get lavert back maybe this year before postseason yeah. he'd sabonis. come off the bench sabonis and turner like for indiana that'd be like giving up picks and probably like a Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday. I would do that. Like, just to make money kind of work. If you look around the East and you're Indiana, are you really scared? Like, you're no. scared of, like, maybe Milwaukee because of Giannis. But, like, you feel maybe Philadelphia is a little inflated. Sure. And then Boston, you don't really know what they are at this point still. Right. But you feel good about your chances there, especially if you have Lowry because you're playing, playing a lot of perimeter guys. And you can go stick Sabonis on Marcus Smart or something, right, and be fine. Yeah. So Sabonis, you know, and like he doesn't move bad on the perimeter. It's just you, you're still going to get scored on every now and again, but if you can put him on Marcus Smart, then who cares? Right. So, He's a good help defender. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But then if you're playing Brogdon, Lavert, and um, Lowry, Lowry on the perimeter defense against Kimba, Brown, and Tatum, for example, like you feel pretty good about those matchups overall. It's not terrible. No. I mean, Karis LeVert would have to guard somebody. You would be essentially conceding that Lowry would walk in the offseason because he's probably not re-signing with Indiana, right? It depends on how much you're willing to pay him. Yeah, he's not re-signing with Indiana. Uh, I mean, like, that's... It's just... uh, I I don't know. I feel like Kyle Lowry can fit a lot of different There's a market for him. Right. There definitely is. I mean, the Clippers could definitely fit that profile as well. It's just making the money work. Right. Who are you willing to give up? Which, that's a hard conversation. Yeah. Like, especially for a team like that, that's already kind of cap-strapped. <clears throat> so, I, I get the ideas, though, behind the Lowry move. Um, and maybe, yeah, you just build with OG and see what he develops into and just pray it works. Because he has moments. Yeah, he, he has, has flashes. Moments. It's just got to be more consistent. Same thing with Pascal. And, you know, if you get another pick in there, 
they've been really good about finding guys in the second round. Yeah. Un, you know, undrafted free agents, the whatever. Terrence Davis type guys. Yeah, and maybe you just go that route. But, I mean, retooling is a big thing. It's easy to say on a podcast, not so easy to do in practice. Sure, and I get that. So, my last team <laughs> is a... So, like, my Miami is like, you should be a little concerned, but, like, you're not out of it. Then with Milwaukee, it was, like, your championship team. Go make, like, the bench move that, like, elevates you. Right, the Andre Iguodala-esque move. This last team is going in a completely different direction for me. Um, your Sacramento Kings. Oh, boy. I'm saying blow it up. It has not blow been it, good. Blow since it all the way up. Since I hopped off the bandwagon, they were good. And then when I got back on the bandwagon, they've been really bad. Uh, um, lost three of their, or won three of their last ten. Which is just horrible. Yeah, not what I'd recommend doing. Um, six and ten overall. <laughs> Um, third worst in the West right now, only behind the Timberwolves, who are just a disaster, and the Pelicans, who are one and eight in their last nine games. Oof. So it's taken a complete tank by New Orleans just to get a half game below them. Um, the Kings, their biggest problem is not their offense because Darren Fox is putting up numbers. Tyrese and, Halliburton um, coming off the bench, yeah, lighting Hall- it up. Halliburton's been like he he already looks like an NBA vet and all. Yep. Um, it's just the fact that they can't stop anything mm. at all. Yep. Whatsoever. Um, like I, I referenced Kirk Goldsberry earlier. He put out like uh, um, net efficiency um, chart, and it's like, it's like everyone is you know in like this range, like in the middle for defensive efficiency. There's like a couple teams way up at the top, but most everyone's in the middle, and there's just one team way down at the bottom defensively and it's the sacramento kings mm. and he made a little note by a country mile <laughs> like it's just not even close how bad sacramento is yeah. on defense right now yeah. and like don't get wrong again we've talked about Darren fox not like a defensive stopper by any means but like he's like a decent defender but then okay halliburton's yeah been nice he's like in the right spots doesn't mean he can stop anybody which was the draft profile on him defensively coming in it's like right don't get me wrong like he at least knows where to be it's just like i don't know if you can actually do anything to stop an nba player let alone he couldn't really do it in college either right. um obviously buddy heel doesn't really play defense outside of like oh hey there's like two seconds left in the game we need you to play defense right here that's about <laughs> it harrison barnes is harrison barnes right right marvin bagley good luck yeah. And it's like, okay, Rashawn Holmes can kind of defend the rim. Hassan, White, Hassan Whiteside. Block shots. Since but, he tries to block every single shot. Right, exactly. And then he fouls everyone yeah. else. <laughs> so, again, it's just like, I mean, they have Corey Joseph. That's great. That's about their only defender on the entire team, it feels like. <laughs> so, it, it's gotten into this, like, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. We can't. Right. It's time to get Buddy Heald out of there. Yep. Why you didn't at least get that like, that second round pick back for Bogdanovich previously in that Atlanta deal or whatever they were offering? I don't. You I don't got nothing. It. You, you got, got nothing. nothing. You just so let now, him walk. So now it's like you're gonna be trading Healed, which he can definitely shoot it still. Yeah. Like that's yeah, again yeah. not the problem with Buddy Healed. It's that like he just doesn't play defense. So like you're trading him to like specific situations here, whether that's Philly or whomever else. It's it's time. We gotta let it go, and. Probably Harrison Barnes as well. I again, who's taking that contract from Harrison Barnes? Who who wants to without you attaching an asset? I'm not sure, but I guess it's an option. Mm. So it, to me, it's Heald's got to get gone. Barnes has got to get gone. Yep. Let's just at this point start Fox, Halliburton, I guess Bagley, um, and Holmes. Let's get a starting ish, even if it's on a expiring contract. Let's get a starting ish wing in there and then a piece or two to come off your bench that can like be a useful player a la cory joseph just get a couple more cory josephs if that's a possibility yep. <laughs> if we can clone him um it's they've got to get in this route hopefully get a net positive on like pick value right since you're trading healed maybe you attach one for barnes but like maybe you can get two for healed or something um that's that's the direction they've got to go we can't keep doing this with sacramento I, I, I'm not a Luke Walton fan anyway. I I, I think this franchise is in disarray at, per usual. Right. But it's like, 
at some point you've got a new GM in there. He's got a month to look at these guys. He's got another two months from now to make some decisions. At what point does he be like, yeah, this isn't working. Why would I keep this? Right. I think it's time. Yeah, 100% agree with you. It's, I mean, Buddy Heel to New Orleans. Can you send him back there? <laughs> Again, with New Orleans, they, they can't really play offense and they can't really play defense. So I guess he helps part of it. Uh, I mean, the question is, like, there, uh, like, just... Like, you got to find out what you have with Bagley. You have to really find out with what you have with Halliburton, if it's legit. Yeah. Um, Like, you've got to put him in more, like, playmaking creation situations. Yeah. Like, off the dribble. Um, And, like, I think Bagley is still the biggest question mark, right? I think you've got to just play him 30 minutes a game at this point. Yeah. And, like, if you need to find out if he's a 4 or 5, they've been trying to play him at the 5. It's been bad. But but then why do you sign Rashawn Holmes and Hassan Whiteside if you're playing Bagley at the five? Right, exactly. It's like you you think you need to play a serious center next to him. I don't know. There's just a whole bunch of questions about this team. It feels like that should have been answered by now and just have not been. And you're right. They just need to make a decision. Like, is Bagley our guy or is he not? Like, we whiffed on the Luka thing. So we kind of got to choose to move on from this. At least you need to figure out, like, what position should he be playing. At the very least, you've got to figure that out. Yeah. Like, you got to take from now until the trade deadline to figure yeah. that out, right? Because there's, <clears throat> to like, looking early in the draft, like, which is, I know, not really the point of this conversation, but, like, there's, like, one big at the top of the draft. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, it's a lot of guard, wing, uh, forward types. Yeah. It's not, not true bigs right now, that projected top ten. Which is a good thing for the draft, but if you're Sacramento and you're thinking Bagley is a four, then that's not a good thing. Right. Because you're, you're drafting in the top ten. Right. And if there's only wings and guards available, well, you already have a million of them. <laughs> and none of them play defense, and nor are a ton of rookies coming in to play defense. Right? So, I then it's you're in free agency. Well, can Sacramento actually sign any legitimate free agents? Obviously not. Nope. They really need Bagley to be a five. Yeah. That's what they actually need. It's just, will he commit to being a five? Will they take defense seriously enough for him to play the five? Can your guards not be trash um, <laughs> on defense to where like Bagley playing the five isn't a complete disaster either because they're not just allowing everyone and anyone into the paint. Yeah, it's not Olay defense. Yeah, and like trusting like your big man will just kind of clean you up on the backside. He's not Rudy Gobert. He's never going to be Rudy Gobert. But like the Jazz, like they have that at least comfort level. Of like, if we get beat or blown by because we were playing aggressive on the perimeter, we have Rudy Gobert there. We have someone to funnel him to. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sacramento. I mean, they have to. They have to figure this out in the next month, month and a half. And if they don't have an idea of what's going to happen uh, in the next month, month and a half with their roster, uh, I think you're right. Luke Walton's probably not going to be there for much longer. Again, wasn't this James' coach? Right, exactly, and usually that's a big, big turnover piece. So, um, moving on to my last pick, this is going to come as a shock to most people because they're sitting at twelve and four and third in the West right now on a massive winning streak right now. And you're going to accuse me of hating Donovan Mitchell again. <laughs> uh, but the Utah Jazz, they need to make a move. They've been good. They've been good. But I submit to you, Matt. That this team has been good in the regular season before. Yeah. We've seen this storybook play out before with the Utah Jazz. Much like the Clippers. Much like the Bucks. And then come playoff time, they all stand around and stare at Donovan Mitchell trying to make a play. And Rudy Gobert does a disappearing act like a magician. (laughs) Uh, So... They need someone else. They have Mike Conley who's been playing well. I will say that. Like, it's been really nice to have Mike yeah, Conley. Yeah. And he's kind of starting to play, like, what they thought they w- he would play like. When they traded for him. When they traded year, for him right. from Memphis. For Mem- from Memphis. Excuse me. <clears throat> but they're, like, you're playing Royce O'Neal still. Like, their wing depth is still kind of concerning. Right. With guys out there, like, I would think, like, Trevor Ariza, who's not, like, an incredible playmaker by any chance, any stretch of the imagination, but you're still getting like three point shooting from him. You're still getting some defense from him. And it's not like this terrible player you're getting back. 
Jordan Clarkson's been good for them, but he's streaky at best. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Um, and like outside, Bogdanovich has gotten off to kind of a rough start, but you think that's going to recover by the playoffs. Right. And, and Donovan Mitchell's also kind of been streaky as well. He's been good in spots, um, but not like amazing. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I feel n- cautiously optimistic about this team. But this team still feels like it's missing one or two guys before being actually considered in the L.A. teams category. It feels like it's where they're always at. Right. Like, just perpetually. It feels like this team's been there for the last, like, three years. Three, four years since Don Mitchell has been the centerpiece of this organization, which is fine. But it just feels like they've hit their ceiling every year and have not been able to surpass it. So are you saying, like, trade picks? Yeah, you trade picks. What do you tra- trade? Trade Joe Ingles and picks. So what do you, like, if you're drafting in the 20s, like, right. historically, what have those picks been? Like, bench players. Bench players and maybe sometimes, like, a fourth or fifth starter. Yeah. Like, you drafted... Like, Rudy- once they eventually work out. Yeah, like, you drafted Rudy Gobert late, right? Kind of in that yeah. range. But it's not like you're... It's not like you're drafting LeBron James or Kevin Durant in that range, right? So, I, mean, I don't know. I think you trade all those picks. Like, they haven't done the Milwaukee thing where they trade three picks and two pick swaps to go get a guy. Um, it's hard to do that in Utah because usually you don't get those glamorous free agents. But, I don't know. Maybe Are you saying trade for Bradley Beal? Why not? Like, what, what, what do you have to lose if you're Utah? Yeah. Send Bogdanovich back to Washington. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, he's already been there once. I mean, Bogdanovich, Ingles, and... All the bikes. Like, yeah. I mean, it would have to be like legit like three picks and three swaps or something. That's... I mean, it's a thing. You could definitely try it. I, I'm just... <sighs> Utah just doesn't feel like that type of team. Right. right? Like, they're, they're just not that kind of franchise, so... I, it probably won't happen, but they did get a new owner, so maybe they're more inclined to like let it rip. I, new owner once won a championship. We big, saw it with Steve Ballmer, right? Big tech guy. So spend all that money. Yeah, it could happen. I will say, like, I to your point of like the Jazz, like they probably still need more. I said like they've been on an eight-game winning streak. Those wins have been against Golden State, who again we don't think is actually that good. Right. Um, new Orleans, dumpster fire. Yeah. New Orleans again, still a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, close one against Denver. It's like that. That that's a that's a nice win. Atlanta, not quite a dumpster fire, but closer dumpster fire than, than <laughs> they're Denver. not amazing. Yeah. Um, Cavs, who again, nice story. Can't score. They're uh, at the bottom of the league in scoring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Pistons. Bad. Okay. Yep. Bad. Um, nice win against Milwaukee. Yeah. And, and that's their eight game winning streak. So it's like you have two nice wins in there. That's yeah. It. Um. Against Milwaukee, and then a close one with Denver. Let me ask it. Let me ask it this way: Seven game series. Are you picking them against the Lakers? Uh, no. Are you picking them against Clippers? No. Are you picking them against Nuggets? Probably not. Are you picking them against Suns? Um, TBD. What about the Mavs? I think they're still in that same category. And there's the conversation. Yeah. Right? They're still missing that extra guy. Like, Donovan Mitchell plus stuff is kind of like Anthony Davis plus stuff. Yeah. You have a better coach in this Utah situation. Your plus stuff is better. But it's still not, like, this amazing situation. Yeah, and, like, Donovan's obviously incredible yeah like, that's great. right yeah right right it's, it's just like him alone is not as good as anthony davis alone plus right. stuff so like even like the extra help of like gobert and bogdanovich and conley like still doesn't quite get you to where you need to go and like i get the point right like at some point like quit being who you are it's almost a sacramento thing but like in a good like, in a different way right, right. like a sacramento's like just quit quit being like a you know sub 500 team like barely sub 500 team and like let's actually like try and make a drastic move here to get better utah it's like quit being a you know slightly above 500 team and like let's try and get drastically better and if you have to bottom out again okay 
Right. Like, the bottom out was the year they lost Gordon Hayward, and, like, they ended up drafting Donovan Mitchell. And I know that doesn't happen for, like, every team. Um, But, like, you have to swing for the fences at some point. Like, you can't just keep stringing this out. It's the idea of you have to really know, like, from a management group, you have to really know Donovan Mitchell to know, is he trying to get a third contract there? Or is he like, hey, at the end of my second contract, like, I'll re-sign the third one, but I'm only saying the year. Yeah. Like how a lot of other superstars have done. Is that who he is? Or he's like, no, I'm here for 12 years. Right. Like, if you know that, then maybe you can be a bit more patient and organic and whatever, phrasing what they're out there. But if you're if he's telling you, like, you, you've got me for three more seasons, you better make it count, or I'm not staying, then, yeah, make the move. Yeah, I also think as, like, a GM, you have to be proactive about that. Because, like, if you keep running it back, quote-unquote, with this Utah team, like, it's fine. But, like, you're going to keep running into a wall. Yeah. And especially with LeBron James in your conference, like, you have to swing for the fence. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, this year it's... You're off to a great start, you know, record-wise. But, like, if you really think, like, this isn't still our year, then maybe you don't do it this year. But, like, going into next season, at some point it has to be your year. Yeah. At some point. And if it wasn't last year because of the heartbreak of the Denver series... And this year, it's not because the LA teams are just ridiculously stacked. It's got to come up, like in the very near future. And I totally get that point. Like it's yeah. like this. It's not being okay with being okay. Right. And that's like, you can be a great regular season team all you want. You can win fifty plus games. And I know that sounds crazy. Like that's crazy to say, right? Like it's just yeah. a fifty another fifty win Utah team. Yeah. Uh, or the equivalent of that this year. But like we just have to keep. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result, yeah. and that's what I feel like we're at with Utah. Yeah, I get that. Conley, in theory, was mixing it up, but in actuality, not not enough. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I still love Utah. Still love Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Don't, don't. Sure. <laughs> Utah, Utah is fun. Donovan Mitchell is fun. Actually, Donovan Mitchell is more fun than Utah. Utah Definitely. is just, nah, whatever. Definitely. Anyways. Leak pass teams. Matt, who you got this week? Last one. So we'll talk about Utah's uh, arch nemesis, the Denver Nuggets. So, uh, again, Jokic has obviously been on an absolute tear this year. MVP pick uh, for me. Totally get it. Totally get it. And they're him, mostly the reason why we said at the beginning of the year we really expected Denver to statistically kind of be more like where Utah is in terms of record. Right. Um, but obviously it's so start and – Michael Porter Jr. is finally back now also, so we get to start seeing this team a, a bit more full strength. Full strength. Um, this coming week, they've got Dallas, Miami, and San Antonio, and then next Sunday, they have Utah. So uh, a four-game stretch of not the greatest teams, but good teams. So it could be a, a good measuring stick week um, yet again for, for Denver, who made it out this past week um, with a couple games against the Suns on the right side of it. So... If they can consistently keep this up, all of a sudden they'll probably be, you know, somewhere actually more in that uh, four-ish seed in the mm. West if yeah. they can keep up the play they've been at. So they're they're the team to watch for me. That's a good pick. Always like watching Nuggets. Fun team to watch. My pick this week, Matt touched on this on his trade teams, is the Miami Heat. And Matt listed this off earlier, but I'll list it off again. They got the Nets, Nuggets, Clippers. And then the Kings next Saturday Brutal. round out their week. And that sounds a lot like one and three to me. But this is why we play the games. So maybe it'll be three and one. We'll see. Again, you never know who's going to be out in right. these games the, now, guys. In, the, in this COVID season, it's just it's just going to be nuts. Maybe they can catch the Nets on a day where they're resting Durant or something like that. But it's still it's tough. Tough sled in there. Yeah. But you still have to play Harden and Kyrie, which we haven't really seen yeah, that matchup. That'd be, that'd be a duo. Whew, it's going to be fun. Um, anyways, that's it for episode 98 of the Couch GM podcast. Uh, we're going to finish watching the Chiefs just absolutely beat the brakes off of Buffalo Bills, uh, which is just something else here um, in the AFC Championship. A couple weeks, we got Super Bowl Matt. Chiefs Bucks, it looks like. You want to make an early prediction? No. <laughs> because oh. I I don't I hate Kansas City, but um, 
I, I still don't. I never came to the feelings of should I root for or against Tom Brady. Mm. So I, I really don't know how to feel mm. right now. I'm, I'm kind of emotionally indifferent. You're kind of doing the Boston thing of just suppressing all your feelings yes. for Tom Brady. Yes. I like it. Uh, if I had to give you Chiefs minus three, who are you taking? Um, Betting wise probably still kansas city okay so you're taking money line chiefs yeah okay i agree with that it feels like a three and a half line probably that's a a strong betting line there three three and a half something like that been listening to a lot of betting podcasts (laughs) recently so i'm kind of getting into that get sports books in oklahoma anyways (laughs) seriously god anyways that's it for episode 98 we'll see you back in episode 99 matt hey yeah